The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of Element FM. You're in the Barber Shop with Bruce Barber and Andrew St. Germain, where we chop it up about entertainment, culture, and our own experiences in the city. Welcome to the Barber Shop with Bruce Barber, Andrew St. Germain, and Luca Capone. <laughs> I like that audience sound. Yeah, that was our silent audience. We should, you know, at some point we should have kind of like little, like little sound effects and this and that. Yeah, we need a push button. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah, a lot it's of like buttons. Link to a sound effect. We need also maybe a button vest for all of us. Okay, <laughs> so we're just like, whoa, we're just poking each other. <laughs> so what's going on this weekend? I'm going for duck tomorrow. Ooh, I'm somewhere. so jealous. Yeah. yeah. I'm so jealous. Are you going to be near a bathroom? What is that? Your first <laughs> I find question. it very greasy. It's greasy, but it it's good. It flies through the system. No. Wow. Yeah. Not for me. Like, does it turn back into an actual duck yeah. and just like, <laughs> it does. oh my God, these stomach pains are awful. What's wrong, Bruce? I've only. There's a flying duck, <laughs> a flying zombie duck flying through my esophagus. But are you thinking of the same thing as like you kind of wrap it up in the in pancake? Your, in the pancake. They call oh, it no, pancake. Oh no, we had like literally straight up duck. No. I oh, love maybe duck we did. either way. I can crush. It's been years. And yeah. that was the same night that my car got broken into. Maybe on Dundas. So maybe that's why you had stomach pains. Yeah, yeah it could be. Because someone was punching of, you in the stomach as they were trying to steal your car. They smashed my window. They grabbed the ugly bag because I had a really nice bag, but they grabbed the ugly bag, mm. which had all the stuff in it. <laughs> so you kept all your valuables in the ugly bag? Yeah, because I just came from work. I had all my work gear. I had my iPad. That's a very I reverse had, psychology thing. Like what was, was in this bag? What was in this bag? Uh, it had everything. It had my iPad. It had like my Beats headphones when they were cool at the time. I had about $2,000 worth of stuff in this bag. $2,000 in a gym and I was bag? Just a, no, in a Herschel bag. Herschel I don't think bag. you need to take it out. But then on I the had duck. like a leather. <laughs> the duck didn't so, do anything wrong. Yeah, it, it, it painted a bad taste in my stomach and my mouth and my mind. So Herschel is the bad bag? I mean, it was like I had a nice leather bag there and they left the leather bag. Because Herschel had... is the best bag I have. <laughs> I mean, my nickname at my old job was Herschel because I was known for my Herschel bag. Were they making fun of me? Probably. Are you sure you weren't nicknamed after the legendary Georgia running back, Herschel Walker, for your I speedy skills? I would be named after a linebacker. Never say, I didn't say that. I said running back. Same thing in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just you don't like, know her. <laughs> so uh, at some point during this pod, we will be listening to a little phone conversation we had with the great Black Belt Eagle Scout, a.k.a. Catherine Paul, a.k.a. KP, which is really fun that we, me and Seshamain uh, did yesterday. Mm -hmm. But something that you brought up, which really kind of like sparked an explosion in my brain. Okay. Is so you went to the Pacific Northwest a few years back. Last spring for the opening night of the Shania Twain World Tour. Oh, it was last spring? Yeah. Oh, dang. <clears throat> okay. And it was awesome, though. I want to go to Seattle. You would love and it. And just that area in general. Mm -hmm. Have Wait, you been were you Bruce? working here? Pardon me? Were you working here? No. Oh. I started my my first day was a year ago yesterday, and I did not oh, get a yay. cake. Hey. There was no know <laughs> celebration. Well, you have to tell people. <laughs> it's so embarrassing when you have to tell people. Hey, no. that was my, that was my, that was my one-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, I didn't get much either. But that's okay. <laughs> not mad. 
But uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it there. I've never been so far away from home in North America, right. but I've also never felt more at home. It reminded me a lot of Northwestern Ontario, except there were whales. There's no whales back home. Not that we know of. No. There could be a I was Thunder Bay. Don't make bad <laughs> jokes, please. <laughs> but um, I loved it. And I will go back if you want to go back to Seattle with me. I, I'd go with all you guys. Definitely go, I definitely got to go with Andrika because she's been talking about it. I'm gonna. We're, we're gonna try to go to Victoria. Cool. <laughs> I've never been. Uh, only Vancouver. I've, yeah, I've only been to Vancouver too, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Victoria is a place in Canada where you can effectively snowbird. What? And it's just because of the weather patterns and such. And yeah, they do get snow, but there have been full calendar Nino. years where they haven't gotten a flake, which is why I don't want to go. Yeah, I'm I love a snow, snow guy. I love me you snow. Love snow. Yeah, I gotta agree with Saint Germain on this one. But what I will point out is that you were very excited to jump on my Pacific Northwest journey, mm-hmm. and yet you didn't invite me for duck, your duck journey this Friday. So I'm going to call you out, Jack. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if you would be interested. Uh, Wait, who are, you going? who are you going with first? My friend Helen oh, yeah. and her lesbian friends. Oh, I'm a cool guy. But would you like me to Anyone bring you as my plus one? Duck? No, I'm, I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> I do actually want to go. I think I have some plans. Of he sorts. might just show up. I'm trying to meet some new bandmates this mm. Friday. Okay, with a, a bandmate that I've met over Craigslist this past summer. Ooh, yeah, it's, it's tough I out thought, there to find a band. I thought the personal ads were taken off of Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> Not the musician personal ads. Oh, oh. all right. Uh, okay, so why don't we jump into this interview with Black Belt Eagle Scout? KP, uh, again, playing a show this Sunday, December 1st. At a legendary venue. Uh, yeah, it's like pretty notable. Yeah. Uh, the great Danforth Music Hall. Yeah. Uh, new album out right now in Saddle Creek at the party with my brown friends. One of my favorites of 2019. So I'll just introduce the show and uh, see if I can build any suspense with this. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that you're dreaming of flying over the San Juan Islands at dusk following a hypnotic sound wave south towards Snoqualmie Falls. You land in a deserted, lonely parking lot where an old bar looms in the distance, where the sound is at its strongest. You walk inside, and you're overwhelmed by these songs, created by a band on stage, led by a singer-songwriter who tells stories about family and friends, heartbreaking grief, love and adventure. You're in the double R, and the singer-songwriter on stage is Black Belt Eagle Scout. Catherine Paul, a.k.a. KP, how's it going? Good. It's going really well. That was really sweet and beautiful intro. <laughs> As like when I yeah. listen when I listen to your music, I'm immediately overwhelmed by just like boom, Pacific Northwest vibes, and then I can't help my mind wanders into the world of Twin Peaks. That's cool. That's awesome. And you're calling from Nashville today? I don't know where we are. We're somewhere driving to Nashville. Oh, you're on the road. Um, that's so, that's so yeah, cool. we're on the road. Yeah. On the road again. Uh, I, yep, I try to make driving. I try to make that joke at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> I try to sing that song. This is our sixth week on on the road. Oh my god. For uh, yeah. Is it wrapping up anytime soon? Uh, not like really soon, but soon soon enough in about two and a half weeks or so. Just in time I for Christmas. Funny because yeah, just in time for Christmas. And why is it funny? Yeah. Oh, it's funny because I think that's some people like two and a half weeks is a tour for them <laughs> but this one is just like a long 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 one but well, it's been really good so far 
And for you, what's your favorite city to tour in and eat in, most importantly? Oh, tour and eat in? Oh, gosh. Uh, I've really been enjoying this on this run that we've, that we've done. I've really been enjoying touring in the Southwest and like Arizona and Albuquerque. Cool. Because um, we haven't really played Arizona very much, but we've, we've played like Albuquerque a lot. And there's always just like a ton of our native friends that come out. And so those shows have just been, I don't know, really heartwarming for this tour. Nice. Yeah, in terms of food, I love really good tacos. So anywhere in like Southern California or Texas. So good. That has been good for, for tacos. What are you looking for in Nashville tonight? Yeah. I don't know. It's this, all the shows this tour have been like surprisingly great. It's kind of like the first time that I've done like a bigger headline tour, so I haven't really known what to expect in terms of people coming to the shows. But every show that we've done so far has has been like really well attended, and it's just really nice to know that people want to come to the show and come like hear the music. So I'm, I'm looking forward to another good show tonight. I Beautiful. do have to buy my dad uh, like a, a, a Christmas present, though. That's the other thing that I have to do in Nashville. Best place for a dad Christmas present in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. He wants, like, these cowboy shirts. And I was like, probably <laughs> Nashville is a good place to find those. Um, I was going to ask, just specifically Nashville, like, are there any, are, are you guys planning to jump into any hot chicken? Mm, probably. One of my bandmates in particular loves hot chicken. So, yeah, you know what? I think I'm later I'm going to propose that thought, and I think it's going to go over well. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. (laughs) And you have such a solid crew that tours with you, but you've played and recorded everything on these releases of yours. So we're curious that for future releases, do you see yourself leading a band in the studio to record your songs, or do you think your personal stories and experiences are better channeled in the studio by yourself? I think for Black Belt Eagle Scout, it's just going to be me. I think that if I have like other people play with me, it's probably going to be a different project. Mm. I, I, I love collaboration, and, and it's really fun, and that's one of the things I actually miss about like playing music and, create, and creating music specifically. So I think I definitely want to, like, have another band in the future where that happens. But I think for the Black Belt Eagle Scout specific um, project and, and story, it's just so personal. So I feel like it's, it's going to continue to be this personal journey that I'm on, this personal endeavor um, that's, that's just by myself. I think, like, at, at some point I want to be able to record myself by myself and to be able to mix by myself and do every single thing by myself. I think I'm I, I just really into challenges, and I'm really into, like, the idea that, like, I I want to show other Indigenous women that this is a possibility for them to do. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, something that's in my brain that's, like, I want to do that. I want, you know, want to be like, hey, this is a thing that you can do. And I think that Black Belt Eagle Scout is definitely, like, channeling that enthusiasm or that passion, I think. About, about music in particular. So for now, solo adventure, but definitely want to have other bands and play with other people. But I don't know if it'll be Black Belt Eagle Scout. So you were on tour in September and you were playing, you were behind the kid again and singing as well, which you used to do uh, with Genders, the band Genders. Like how, what was that experience kind of getting uh, back into that groove again? 
Oh, yeah. It's been fun. It, and it's also been hard. Uh, I love playing the drums. The drums is, there's something that, like, I've, I feel the most comfortable behind. And it's something that I love to do. But I just haven't haven't done it, like, in a band in a while, other than, like, playing it in, in, like, a recording studio. So it was very challenging for me to, to do that and to also sing at the same time. It's, I can't really think about anything else besides singing and besides drumming, or else I just mess up. So it's definitely been this thing where I have to, like, kind of, like, t- tune in to, like, what I'm doing and, like, how I'm playing and, like, you know, what the songs sound like being behind a kit rather than, like, having a melodic instrument right next to me. So I don't know if I'm going to do that in in the future because um, I think it just depends on what kind of tour we're going on and, like, what the shows are and how many shows. But I think sometimes the audience, they, like, will be like, what's going on? Why is she sitting at the drums? <laughs> and it's, like, a nice little surprise. But that's so cool, though. You're getting behind the kit. You're singing your songs. Maybe you'll rip into a solo or something like that. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. So at the party with my brown friends um, out this past August, um, before that, the first LP, Mother of My Children, and 2014's uh, Black Belt Eagle Scout. So for this latest release, um, you're recording at Helio Sound, and this is after, you know, taking in and embracing the aura and the power of Vanacourt's unknown recording studio on Mother of My Children. What, what was it like kind of, you know, exploring this new space after what was, you know, very powerful uh, experience recording uh, at Unknown? It was very different. Um, so Unknown Recording Studio, I think it was like some sort of church at one time, but it's this big open space and it has a lot of really amazing reverb just in the room. But when I recorded at Helio Sound, it's a more of a, like a treated room. It has a lot of different sound areas, d- depending on like what part of the room you're in. I think what ended up happening for that record is that it just ended up sounding really lush, and like you could just really hear things. Oh, yeah. Whereas like the first record, like you could still hear things, but like I don't know. I've only done like two pretty professional records. And so that's not a lot to be like, oh, yeah, I know what I want. So I feel like I'm still growing in that aspect of being like a recording artist and trying to just figure out what fits me. I don't know if I totally know yet what fits me. So I'm still on that little journey, I think. You're listening to The Barbershop on Element FM. I'm Andrew St. Germain. Luca Capone. And we're on the line with KP of Black Belt Eagle Scout. And uh, this new record that you have out at the party with my brown friends, I personally liked what The Guardian said when they called you the mistress of a resting atmosphere. How did you feel about that, moniker? Uh, what was it again? The mistress of... A resting atmosphere. Because that, to me, to be called that is worth all the money in the world for me. That's like a wrestling <laughs> name. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it sounds good to me, I guess. But how do you break that down? A resting atmosphere. Is that your goal? How do you interpret that? I don't know. But there it's is. interesting when people like write things about me and like di- there are different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I always sort of sometimes I'll, I'll think about when we hear about uh, Native history in school and when things are like written about Native people by white people. Right. Sometimes I'll think about that when, when people write about me. and I'm like, are they like really like portraying like, the story correctly? Mm. And 
it's just a, it's, this is a thought that I have being a, a person who who does interviews, who does you know, who talks to a variety of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know what that means. Well, you are on the air with Element FM and uh, First Peoples Radio, if that makes you feel like you're in good hands with your native stories. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm really into this interview in particular. I'm excited that you all wanted to talk with me. We're glad that you took our call. Absolutely. (laughs) I was thinking about uh, just some of the artists that I kind of think about when I listen to your music. And I just get these like late 90s, early 2000s Canadian folk rock sounds that just rip my heart in half in a good way. Uh, but I'd love to know um, about your connection with the great Land of Talk. Ah, Land of Talk. I love her music. I mean, um, so she's a Saddle Creek artist. And I actually only found out about her in the past five or so years because uh, this other band that I was in, Genders, we played Sled Island, Sled Island. And I saw her band for the first time, and I was just, like, blown away. I love all the songs that she writes. And I think they're really beautiful. And I've actually never met her in person. We're only, like, Instagram friends. But I noticed that, like, there are certain artists who are non-Native that are super supportive of Indigenous issues. And I think she definitely is one of those people. And I really respect that. And I think it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Shout-outs to Elizabeth Powell. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, uh, or we talked about the group uh, Genders before. You just mentioned them now. And you've played in so many interesting bands. Uh, Forest Park, who are freaking amazing. Uh, Teeth. Um, you've collaborated with Wyla Bamba. But of all the bands that I've listened to, when it comes to just kind of the atmosphere, uh, and there's kind of the effect, maybe the connection with the world of Black Belt, Eagle Scout, um, is there a kind of like a direct kind of connection between the world of Golden Fleece. Oh, you're just like pulling some like rabbits out of a hat. <laughs> we love rabbits and we love magic. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had no, that's like out of left field. Um, <laughs> I think we just had like, we made like one song together. But living in Portland, there's such an intense music scene there that I was just able to be in bands all the time pretty much. And, well, one of the reasons why I moved to Portland is because of this organization called Rock and Roll Camp for Girls, which I think there are some in Ottawa and maybe Toronto. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the one in Portland is, is the very first rock camp. It's the original one. And so I met a ton of musicians who, you know, that's who I started those bands with. Um, the, the band that I was in, uh, Keith, we were, like, in Portland, we are like, this all-girl band. And that's when, like, in Portland in particular, people were like, whoa, it's an all-girl band. But, like, now it's not, like, a huge deal to, to have that sort of thing. Um, it's been a long time coming, like, just growing as a musician and finally figuring out that what I needed to do was, was just kind of play music for my identity, I think. So you were involved as a, as a camper, you're curating shows, program supervisor, but within the context of the Girls Rock Camp, how essential was it to take in Beth Ditto and the gossip performing there? That was a really awesome experience. When I was attending the Girls Rock Camp when, uh, as a teenager, I was just totally into any sort of music that had like a 
women-focused and uplifted women and girls, and especially queer women. That's what, you know, when I was a teenager, I was into all of that. And so the band's uh, gossip, they were, like, really big. And they were, you know, playing all of these amazing shows. They had all these really great songs. And then to also see them come and just play for these girls at the camp, it made me really think about what supporting, you know, women in music looks like at that time for me. So seeing that when I was a teenager just showed me that, you know, play these big shows, but you can also have these real conversations and, like, show other people and other girls at that at that time in my life that music is possible for them. And having my indigenous heritage be so close to what I care about with my art, that time in my life really inspired me to do the things that, that I do now and be so open to be able to show people like indigenous music or like indigenous people that play music like this is a thing that is a possibility and that is you know more than just a possibility also like that people are out there playing music and are out there doing their own art and their own creative endeavors and we should support one another going to the rock camp that that definitely changed my life oh yes now yeah you know, we have to talk about a particularly heavy situation uh, within the girls' rock camp. I think the adoring public need to know, what was your arm wrestling record within the girls' rock camp challenge circuit? <laughs> you you all have, like, really done your research. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> You're, like, pulling things out of my life that I, like, don't ever talk about a lot. I love this. Okay. Oh, maybe I should put some context. So the Rock and Roll Camper Girls, every year they have an annual fundraiser. I think it's called Wrestle for Rock. And it's like a women's arm wrestling tournament. And one year, I got second place. I almost won. That's awesome. I got second place (laughs) in the tournament. And I think it was two years later, one of my good friends, Shalea, she's native. I was like, Shalea, you need to go and do this tournament and like she won she, she's like she does a canoe pulling with me and it's also does other sorts of canoe stuff just trying to say that indigenous women are strong <laughs> absolutely so so like what like, yeah we need to learn some tips when it comes to because me and andrew we're always going into bars <laughs> we're always challenging people to arm wrestling and we always <laughs> lose. we're very threatening is well, it like do you like growl or anything? I start screaming, like foaming at the mouth, but it just never worked. I usually start, I just revert to like, uh, like biting people and stuff, like trying to headbutt them. It's just all legal. My moves are all legal. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe you should just practice more. Is there like a special pump up song, like the the theme song Ooh. to the Sylvester Stallone movie? Where he's like a, I can't remember the name of it. Where he's the he's the arm wrestler. Rocky? No, he's a boxer in that one. What oh. was the one? Uh, I think it's Take It to the Limit or something. Oh, could it be the Eagles? I really like Pump Up the Jam. That's like the song that like as you know I've been really into lately for like trying to get all hyped and everything. Is that a pre-show jam? Do you guys spin that one? It has been, yeah. From from time to time, it'll 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 be a pre-show jam. Um, but it always wears us out because we're always like dancing and then we get on stage and we play and then at the end of the show we're all just like so tired and wiped out. <laughs> so it only happens sometimes. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you mentioned uh, wood carving before, right? 
Yeah, yeah. My dad's a woodcarver, um, and it, and that is uh, something that my family does and uh, has done for a while. Yeah, I got to shout out to Kevin Wally Hub Paul, the legend. Yeah, Wally Hub. Oh, Wally Hub, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, where I'm from, uh, Swinomish. That's that's where my dad's side of the family's from. He he's a master woodcarver. He does like things like soda poles and wood masks and all sorts of things in Coast Salish style and learned from my grandfather and my grandfather learned from his grandfather and so that's just always been you know the thing that like our family does within our community and I've done a little bit of it I definitely want to do more of it at some point in the next couple of years I'm going to move back to Swinomish and spend more time with my family and I think that's that's when I'll when I'll partake more in that creative aspect but yeah you're in the barbershop with Andrew St. Germain, Luca Capone, and we're on the line with KP of Black Belt Eagle Scout, who is planning a homecoming. Yep, yep, at some point in the next couple of years. That's a beautiful, beautiful corner of the earth, isn't it? It is very beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I miss it a lot. I was there as a, I'm a ridiculous groupie of Shania Twain, and I was there for uh, her concert in Seattle, and we took a... Uh, the day after the concert, we went to Friday Harbor and we went whale watching and it was like the highlight of my life. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Oh, Shania Twain, huh? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. Oh, yeah. I, I love singing. There's some songs of hers that I like to sing on karaoke. Oh, karaoke jams. <laughs> yeah. I have like really weird song choices, I think. Um just like 2000s Those are uh, weird. white woman pop songs. My, my go-to karaoke are always Eminem for some reason. <laughs> I need to M&M. see this. <laughs> yeah, because I can't sing, so it's easier for me to just kind of talk fast. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I was at a karaoke thing That's last great. Friday, and I wanted to do uh, an Andrea Bocelli song. <laughs> but That's a downer for karaoke, Luca. I, I don't think so. If you really give it, you can just kind of taking the whole energy of the crowd and just, you know, recycle that good vibe. Or it could just be a downer. You're right. Um, so I just wanted to ask, um, in connection with Girls Rock Camp, going back to Portland, the significance of another festival, the Females of Color Fest, FOC Fest. Yeah, that was something that I created when I was in college. I had an independent study class, and I wanted to do a music festival. I was interested in booking and I, it was a part of my gender studies minor. And so I asked my advisor, like, could I do this as my class and create a music festival and create a document that goes along with it, which was a scene where I, I um, interviewed a bunch of people. And I wanted to do something that showcased women of color and musicians. At the time, I, I felt like the intention was good, but I feel like now... I don't know if I would have called it Females of Color Festival. I probably would have picked another sort of name that had to do with something else that was more inclusive, not just biological. Yeah. Um, that was like 10 years ago, something like that. But it was awesome. Like, I met a lot of really amazing musicians. And I think that for that time in Portland, people really needed to, like, come together and to support one another, especially as people of color and, and of women of color in Portland. Um, Portland and, and also Oregon in particular has a pretty racist history and 
there's still a lot of racism in Portland, even though like if people go there, they think that it's a super liberal bubble. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of microaggressions with racism and classism and everything that still happen in Portland in particular. You're in the barbershop on Element FM. I'm Andrew St. Germain. Luca Capone. And we're on the line with KP of Black Belt Eagle Scout. How essential were spaces like Mississippi Studio, uh, Dreams Outer Space, and Seek the Unique, not only in the development of Black Belt Eagle Scout, but also for Portland's underground music scene? Um, well, I, I really enjoyed my time working at Mississippi Studios. I think that, you know, when, when it first started, like the people that, that opened it, there was a need to like feed the musician's soul. And yeah, Portland has gone through just like this really interesting change. When I first moved there, there was a lot of house shows and then like that was a huge scene and then it got shut down because of noise ordinance stuff and like the the city like not being like supportive of like that music in those spaces. And I was underage so I was able to go to a lot of concerts. But now there there aren't a lot of options in Portland for all ages stuff in terms of local music like there used to be. And I don't know if that's going to change in the future. I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. We're having the same problems in Toronto. Kind of a, yeah. like a systemic thing, like across, across, I don't know, North America, the world. Yeah. It's tough. So to switch from this downer feeling now, uh, speaking of <laughs> feeding the soul and, you know, touching on like an amazing concert series that I'd love to learn more about, uh, what was the best dinner you ever had at What the Heck Fest? Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, they did sort of bring back What the Heck Fest past summer and I played it and it felt like a really nice and warm reunion. There's always, like, this nice chunk of organic meat. There's always a green. There's always a salad. There's always, like, some sort of other vegetables that are just, just really delicious. Kind of like, I don't know, what people think of, like, farm-to-table sort of, you know. <laughs> oh, that sounds so good. Sort of thing. <laughs> um, but all local from, from that area. What's What the Heck Fest? I haven't heard of this, Luca. Can you enlighten us, KP? Oh, yeah. From my perspective, um, What the Heck Fest is this music festival started uh, in Anacortes, Washington, like, years ago by the folks in D Plus and Mount Erie and, like, from Blau, like, all just, like, the people that were playing music in Anacortes at that time. I'm sure I'm, like, forgetting a bunch of other people who were involved, but it was to put on a music festival and have it be all ages, have it be DIY, and then to, you know, charge, like, a, a fee, but have that be like affordable to be able to see amazing music mm-hmm. and I heard about it when I was in high school and was able to um, go to it and then also I had this band in high school and they asked me to play it was beautiful amazing little music festival in this little city of Anacortes now in the with a connection to Anacortes and the venue the legendary venue department of safety um, like I'm a drummer myself, so I have to ask this question. This might okay. be a little tough. This might be a little tough, but who is the better drummer? Um, what the heck fest alumni and kickball legend, Lisa Schoenberg or Paulo Verde's Lauren K. Newman. Oh my gosh. Why would you ask that question? <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but I had to, um... we asked the tough questions here. 
you know what? They're like definitely different styles of drummers, but their intensity is like so up there. It's so good. Yeah, I I played one of my first shows um, ever opening for Kickball, which is Lisa's old band. And then when I moved to Portland, like I found out about LKN and then like just immediately it was like, oh my gosh, like Lauren Newman is like a boss drummer. Like, like it's just so so awesome. I don't think, yeah, I the, it would be against the law to <laughs> to say who's the better drummer. <laughs> How about this? Which new drummer should folks know about? Um, which new drummer? Yeah, new. Or maybe just like there recent kind of like drummer new? crushes that folks should like, for, especially recent. for impressionable drummers out there like myself. Well, I don't know if this is particularly new, but I've always really enjoyed. Um, well, actually, hold up. Now that I say that, there's a ton of things coming <laughs> into my brain. There's like so many. There's so many good drummers out there. I mean, have you guys heard of uh, Tom Tom Magazine? No. Nope. Is it like a drummer magazine? Yeah, it's a drummer magazine, but it's for like women drummers. Oh. And that's like, and so I don't know. I was just gonna say like, get your latest issue of Tom Tom Magazine and open the page, and you'll see the great drummers out there currently. Um, one of my friends is a really amazing drummer. Her name's Sheridan Riley, and she's I love I love the way that her style and like the way that she plays drums. One of my friends who used to play in White Belt Eagle Scout, Amelia Lay, is a really amazing drummer. There's so many amazing drummers out there. Even if you play the simplest beats, or even if you play the most complex beats, like there's just like a lot of variety and a lot of styles that I really appreciate. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't, oh, I really like this interview. I haven't had to think about, like, nice, nice thoughts like these, like, which drummer I love lately. <laughs> nice thoughts. <laughs> well, we got to shout out, a tr- like, a legendary drummer and your family, the lady of the drum, your grandma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my grandma Isabel. She was lady of our drum group, the Skadjabelli Singers. It's a power group my grandfather put together. For all of our family, and we called her Lady of the Drum. She was just the strong, the strong person in the drum, and her voice would like carry out stronger than everybody's on on the drum. And I think you know that's that's one that's also one of the reasons why she got that name. We'll get her on the cover of Tom Tom Magazine as we <laughs> as we get our yeah. subscription here at the station. I, I guess Tom Tom would be like the equivalent to like the drummer equivalent to the guitar magazine uh, She Shreds. Yeah, she says it's actually um, started because of the inspiration of Tom Tom magazine. Really? Yeah. Um, so Fabi F- does she shreds is like you know has known Mindy for a while and wanted to do something with guitars and so in the in like the um, in the very beginning um, you know there's they definitely talked a lot and and so I think you know. Both of those magazines are, are really amazing magazines and I think have really done a lot of good in the world and inspired a lot of people, not just women, like all kinds of people, um, to be better musicians and to like learn more and to appreciate more um, kinds of music. Uh, shout outs to Fabia of She Shreds and the crew at Tom Tom Magazine. And wasn't Forest Park in the first issue of She Shreds? Yeah, that was like um, the very first issue of She Shreds was actually a zine. And me and Maya, who played in Forest Park with me, we were in in that zine. 
and that was really awesome. It was really fun to be a part of that first thing. So we got to ask, we're talking about drumming, talk about playing music. Um, me, Andrew, sometimes we, we try to get out there outside of, uh, you know, challenging people to arm wrestling <laughs> a contest. We also like to just kind of DJ and mix it up with folks. What types of jams would you suggest? Uh, and what types of jams were you spinning as DJ Happy Love Songs? <laughs> um, I really love R&B. I love, like, R&B from the 90s and the 2000s. And so, like, I love Aaliyah, and I love Missy Elliott, and I love Mariah Carey. And so <laughs> my very short stint as a DJ, um, I was playing a lot of that, a lot of, like, old Dusty's child, too. I just love that kind of music. I think it's yeah. really good. It brings me back to this really fun time in my life. So I, I would, I'd recommend that kind of music. Love um, it. You want to have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so when I think right now, the Pacific Northwest, and th- this is actually my last question before we call it, I got to ask just cause I'm crazy about musicians and artists like, um, Haley Hendricks, um, uh, 1939 ensemble. What are some bands? What are some artists from that region that people should be falling in love with? Uh, Sevilla is a really amazing band. Let's see. Ings from Seattle is really great. Maida from Portland is really awesome. There's a band in Portland called Surfer Rosie that's really awesome. And then Maya, who I was talking about earlier, she plays in this band called Floating Room. And they're really, really amazing. And I really admire her songwriting and anything that she does as a as an artist and a musician. I mean, if you come to Portland, like, any night of the week, you can go see a show anywhere pretty much. This is The Barbershop on Element FM. I'm Andrew St. Germain. Luca Capone. And we're on the line with KP of Black Belt Eagle Scout. The album is called At the Party with My Brown Friends. And the show in Toronto is this weekend, right? Yeah, it's coming up. December 1st on the Danforth, right, Luca? The Danforth Music Hall. Do you have any spots pre-selected that you're going to check out to grab a bite at? It all goes back to food. (laughs) That's where it all should go back to. In Toronto? Yeah. Um... I don't know. Are there any recommendations? Oh, here we go. Well, what do you have? what do you kind of like? What do you, what have you been kind of like fiending for lately? What have you been craving? Steak. Steak. Oh. You can't go wrong with like for like a nice kind of meaty kind of adventure. You can't go wrong with Korean barbecue. There's oh, a lot of good spots yeah. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I would suggest for something quick and simple, the Korean Grill House. There's a bunch of them around the city. It's pretty affordable. It's pretty solid and very satisfying. Okay. But my All go-to right. my like, go-to like suggestion that. for anyone coming out of the city, head to Spadina, check out the Chinatown, and check out Dumpling House. All yeah. day, every day. Oh, Dumplings. I yes. love Dumplings. Dumpling House on I love Spadina. Soup dumplings. Oh, Soup Dumplings. They, so they cut, their, their dumplings aren't technically Soup Dumplings, but they're very soupy and moist and amazing. Okay. Okay. Dumpling House? Dumpling, ha- dumpling House uh, near Spadina and Dundas. Okay. All right. That should be easy to remember. There you go. And then for like, for like a reasonable good steak, you can't go wrong with a keg, but that's just kind of like yeah, I was just kind of I a franchise place. But are do, is that just a Canadian thing? That's a Canadian thing. Yeah. So it's still Canadian. Yeah, I guess so. Well, welcome cool. to Canada this weekend. <laughs> yes, we will welcome you with open thanks. arms. Thank you for chatting with us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Have a good one, and we'll see you this weekend. Okay. Yeah. See you. Have a good day. 
All right, guys. Well, it was a delightful, <laughs> a delightful chat. So let's uh, wrap up this pre-Friday and get ready for the weekend. Though mm-hmm. no, we have to deal with tomorrow, which is the real Friday. <laughs> so thanks for joining the Barbershop. You're here with Bruce Barber. Andrew St. Germain. And Luca Capone. And we'll see you next week. On the Barbershop. On Element of Them. Thanks for hanging out in the Barbershop. You can find more info on elmntfm.ca and on Twitter and Instagram at 1065 elmntfm. Thank you.